Hey, Warrior Within. Uh, welcome to another episode. Um, this one's going to be a little bit more on the real side of things, you know, just kind of something that's kind of been happening in the last couple weeks. Um, I'm calling it Division Among Sheep. And what has been interesting is that the past year, since 2020, since COVID came in, since people have been staying at home, since people have been sp spending more time online, joining groups, finding places, the one thing that I have noticed is how Christians have been treating Christians. Now, put aside all the facts that what I saw also is a lot of misuse of scripture and truth to create an agenda or a support of an agenda, which is absolutely wrong. Putting that aside, what I also saw was not Christ-likeness. It was a lot of childish antics. It was treating people with anger and mistrust and misguidance and manipulative and ways that would just hurt people and point fingers and blame people in a constant manner. Even if it's quote-unquote indirected, or not necessarily directed at somebody, there was implications and 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 ways to make people feel like they were the target. And this is just among the Christians. This is not even how the world has been treating each other, let alone stuff that has been happening throughout every country we go to and the changes that have been, you know, created because of COVID and the restrictions and the mandates and everything else. The fact that you point at people by their political stance and call them names or call them by what you think they are just because they may not agree with you, that's not being a Christian. And I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about how to be a Christian towards your brothers and sisters in Christ, let alone to people who are not. You know, I... I got to see that again in the past two weeks in another situation, and it was very saddening, hurtful. It was very, made me feel grievous towards people that I thought trusted me, for one, but also how they were treating other people that I thought they trusted as well. And it created a divisive nature, a divisive spirit among this group. I've also seen how it's affecting other people in a way where they thought leaving would be the best way. And it may have been. And, may, and sometimes it is. Sometimes getting away from the situation, just like what happened to me in Hartford, God removed me because of what was starting to happen to me. And to be honest, God doesn't allow things to happen without a purpose or a plan behind it. But it also depends on how we react and respond to it. We can say that, well, you know, so-and-so, yeah, once again, we start pointing fingers and blame other people for our actions when we are supposed to be focused on ourselves and how we acted and treated in situations. Divisiveness in churches, divisiveness in any type of Christian format is a regular thing. It's why it's actually even talked about for unison, unity, 
fellowship. All of that is to remind us that we are part of the body of Christ and we all have our different purposes. An eye cannot be an ear, an ear can't be a hand, a hand can't be a foot, a foot can't be a leg, a leg can't be the stomach. You know, whatever purpose we have as part of the body of Christ, there is a reason for it. Which then also makes us have to go back and realize if we're different parts of the body, that means we see things with different parts of our views. Now, outright, that does not mean misdirection of scripture and truth and the biblical foundation that we are all supposed to be bound to. It's talking about how we react and treat each other. Some people are out there saying how they acted was right. No matter how many people I hurt and offended and attacked directly, but I am right. And that's not the right way. In fact, that's what makes it shameful that we are walking around with puff up chests saying that, you know, I figured it all out. I'm the one who's seen it. And have you noticed that it's about I, 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 me, me, me. And we've forgotten the we as a community. First Corinthians 12. The verses I'm going to start off right off the bat is verse 12 to 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many are one body. So it is with Christ for in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. We all come from the one savior. We are all part of the one family. We are all part of the one kingdom. Yet what I've seen in recent times and even this whole past year is not that. I've seen people go after each other, not for biblical truth, not for the name of Jesus, but on the guise of it, because that person doesn't agree with me. Therefore, they are absolutely wrong. And therefore I am right. And therefore they must not be a Christian. And I have heard that and seen that. And the fact that we're more willing to blame other people for how we acted is ridiculous. If you go further down in verse 25 through 26, it says that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. If you continue, it even says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts, healing, and it goes through this whole list, right? But it's all with the understanding that we all have different purposes within the church. But I think this is even for any group that we're a part of that we call a Christian group. And it's sad when it's more of a want to get rid of a certain member because we get annoyed with them and miss and we feel like they just bother us so much they need to go and then we accuse them of characteristics that are not christian out of anger out of frustration or whatever it may be but that still doesn't make it right 
And it's always great to see people apologize for that. But sometimes those wounds are deeper than they can ever imagine. And just apologizing is not going to heal the situation. It's a true change in people that we need to start seeing if we want to see healing within our churches in any Christian body that we're a part of. It's going to start with the atmosphere of what we're trying to build on because the fact that we're having this type of atmosphere means that it's there. It's a guck that's a part of our church culture. It's a guck that's part of our Christian groups. It's a guck, a part of maybe our families or even part of the communities that we hang out outside of our families. We have allowed this type of mindset to be a part of who we are in Christ. And sometimes I don't think we even notice it. Not until things start getting bad. Not until you're confronted about it, which is technically what we're supposed to do. But the fact that it takes something bad or something strong to happen for us to recognize that means we're not checking ourselves. We're not re-examining our walk with Christ and re-examining where we are in our, in our spiritual wellness. There is a health part to all this. It's not just, you know, if I can get the right information and I can win the fight, great. Why do you think we have so many problems with people who argue over theological understanding instead of just loving on each other, encouraging one another, building up one another, praying for one another, and being there for one another? As long as we're walking in the truth of truth, instead of walking on opinions and theological views, there's a big difference. Now, the truth is, there is Christian groups out there who don't follow the scriptures in truth, and that's a different subject. I am talking about those that have stand, who stood next to each other and said, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior, and who read the scriptures together, and who pray together, who break bread together, and yet, when it comes down to politics, when it comes down to current events, when it comes down to feelings... Suddenly, all that gets thrown aside and we're allowed to yell and break at each other and then quit on each other and walk away from each other because that's the easy way to do things. And I'm not talking necessarily leaving. Leaving can be a good thing if it's a healthy, healthy reason of leaving, leaving something. Because I've done that and it was good for the community. But if I'm doing it out of anger, and if I'm doing it because I feel like my feelings were not, I don't know what the word is, not felt, but my feelings were like the chip on the shoulder type of deal. Because like what I see is that arguments get heated, right? People get don't agree with each other, and one person walks away, but they walk away like away from the church community or the group or the, the people, to a point where it's like, I would rather delete my friendship of that person because he believes that. And that annoys me. That's not being loving and that's not biblical. There's many people who I disagree with, but I care about them. And I wish they saw the same thing in me, but they don't. There's people who have called me friend and brother who have not talked to me for two years. There's people who I thought we were close, 
really had evil thoughts against me and treated me really bad. You don't have to be friends with them and you don't have to hang out with them. You don't have to be around them, but you should forgive them and you should be able to move forward in life because you don't want to carry the baggage with you either. Now, forgiveness in itself is a hard thing. It's a hard thing to live by. And loving someone who you can't stand is even harder. And a lot of times when people do these wrong things to each other and treat each other bad, it breaks trust. When trust is broken, it's not easily given back. And a lot of times, like I said, those wounds are so deep that, yeah, they forgive you, but it's going to take time for them to heal. And healing is good. It's not a bad thing. And even if it takes years, you can't expect people to forgive and just go back to the way it was. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes the, the bruises and the hits and the pokes and the stabs are so deep and, and just so... I guess you could say just made it so real to them that it hurts, hurts to be around those people. People even cry about it. People sometimes have to be alone for a time. People have to remove themselves from a situation because it hurt. I really think we have forgotten what it's, what it's like to have critical thinking and to respect each other and to speak in love. You know, it made me go back and start looking like in Jude. Jude, you know, talks about the people that see the thing is, I think there's a point. And this is what this I, I need you guys to kind of stay with me on this. But we're going to start in verse 19. And it says, It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoured of the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads us to eternal life and have mercy on those who doubt, saving, save others by snatching them out of the fire to others shall mercy with fear, hating even the, the, the garment stained by the flesh. You see, the thing is we are not given that type of spirit. So then why is it that we chase after like in verse 18, ungodly passions, because we could still do that even if we have the spirit, because our mindsets have forgotten what it means to walk in righteousness towards one another and be respectful to one another and to love one another and to cherish one another in those moments, even if we disagree We've forgotten to tell that person, hey, we love you, even though, you know, I'm upset. But instead, we we fall into our own pride. We fall into our own feelings. And we have forgotten what it means to basically love our brothers and sisters in Christ when they may make us upset. And then in return creates a divisive nature within the church or in the community or even with our families. I mean, a lot of times in marriages, there's a lot of underlining um, expectations that people feel that they need to have by the spouse. And that spouse, vice versa. That's why it's very important to have communication. 
it all comes down to the idea is that a lot of times when we have these advice of nature issues the spirits that come in that do do this type of action with each other where we just go at each other <clears throat> is because we've we've made assumptions of the other person it's almost like to me you have to actually know the person before you can even debate them because apparently we just can't debate without throwing all of our feelings out there and just getting mad and getting angry and defensive like that is not christian love towards one another when we get easily defended or offended our defense just pops up and we start just blowing up at each other it's ridiculous it's sad it should not be a part of who we are and yet when i hear someone say the only difference between us when we're acting like this and the world is that you don't have all the bad language and the f-bombs getting thrown into the conversation What do people outside see when they see Christians acting this way? Just because you may think you're right, they also think they're right too. The point is not trying to prove who's right and wrong in the situation. The problem is you got to love each other in the actions. That you can go at each other and and disagree and fight and be mad but in, in the end you're able to shake hands or give each other a hug and say but i still love you that's how it should be we're going to take a quick break and go to the next section see you in a moment Hello, warriors, and welcome back. Um, we've been talking about divisive actions among sheep and talking about how we have just chased after such anger and rage towards each other instead of actually loving one another at the end of all these arguments that we have and disagreements. So it made me think about, you know, the one chapter in 1 Corinthians that people love to title is basically the love chapter, which is chapter 13. And we sit there and we think about chapter 13 and what it actually talks about mostly. If you go to King James Version, the word love is actually charity, which charity actually is agape love, which is unconditional love. And agape love or unconditional love basically means love without any conditions. So there's nothing like if you go give somebody something, you're not expecting something back from them. This is a lost art. I think in Christian culture today because we have so many definitions of love in our world that we've just combined the word love into one meaning so loving means you don't make me feel bad and that's not what love is because we also we also love the phrasing um, tough love well tough love isn't nice all the time but anyway the idea is that having an agape love means you got to treat each other even when it's not good, even when it's hard, even when it's frustrating, even when it feels like the best answer is to get rid of somebody because they're just not the right fit because we fight all the time. But that's okay. Maybe other people do get along with them and maybe they have no issue with them. 
You know, the idea about being part of a church body or part of a Christian group, part of the family, especially if you take it from the family perspective, if you have arguments in your family, that the answer should not be they need to get out. They need to be gone because they don't, they're not making things easy. No, what is usually happening? You get a big fight, you guys all apologize, and you return back to loving each other. That's how it's supposed to be within the church. And yet, like I said, these past two years so far, I have not been seeing that. I've seen friends delete friends from existence in their Facebook. I've seen friends suddenly not talk to each other anymore. I've seen friends um, point fingers and blame someone else when they're also doing exactly the same thing that they're blaming. It's almost to me what I've seen is it's more like a bunch of people with logs in their eyes going after people's splinters and tripping over their own log but don't even notice that they're tripping because they, they're going to be determined to be right even though they were being wrong and it does take courage to apologize I will not deny that and it's a good thing that you have people apologizing but damage will be there there's still going to be consequences for your actions and it will cause issues wherever it may be whether it's in the church whether it's in the christian group you're part of or whether it's in your home and that's going to take time to see things get back on track now if we were to go to first corinthians 13 and we start at verse 4 it says love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it's not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not i can never say this word correctly but irritable yeah there we go resentful or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things in verse 8 love never ends and this this word love is charity or agape love Okay, this is not romantic love. You know, a lot of times they use this section for marriage, but it's not romantic love that they're talking about when they're making those vows to each other. It's actually agape love, unconditional love, which is what a husband and wife should have towards one another. There should be no expectation. It just should be there. This is why how the world has corrupted the understanding of love so much that it's creating a false view in marriages. It's also creating a false view in what love is. That's why the phrase love is love is wrong. Because they're using a different definition for different points for different reasons of what love is. So if we go back and look at these, we got to understand that there's patience, there's kindness. It doesn't envy, doesn't boast. It's not arrogant or rude. And the thing is, I haven't been seeing that. I've been seeing a lot of rudeness. I've been seeing a lot of boasting. I've I've seen the assistance of being at my way. I've seen irritability. I've seen resentfulness. I've seen wrongdoing but I definitely have not been seeing people bearing all things with each other. I've not seen hope with each other unless they're confronted about it. 
it's really sad to watch as churches collapse because they can't understand what it means to love one another because they rather take the time to remove people that just disagree to make things easier. But in reality, it doesn't make it easier because sometimes that person might be the part of the body that sees things differently than you do. Can all be feet and be an active community and all be ears be an active community. It doesn't work. Any of you guys have ever uh, listened to Ventures in Odyssey, they have a great little series on the body of Christ where uh, LeFoot gets a bunch of foot people and they all come together and they're going to start their own ministry together, but they couldn't do anything because they didn't know how to find people. They didn't know how to get people to where they need to go because they were just a foot person. Their, their, their point was to bring the stuff to so-and-so. And so when you have a bunch of people doing the same thing, you end up having nothing because the ministry will never move forward. The church will never move forward. The, the community will never move forward. So when LaFoot finally figured it out, he went back and, and he's like, oh, I realized I made a mistake. And they said, well, it's too late now. We, we had to shut down because we had nobody who could take the stuff to the people. You see, that's the problem. We keep thinking everybody has to think like me. And so we dismiss people who need to be part of that body for the reason, whatever it is that they're there for. So that at the end, whatever ministry or group or people or family that you're part of collapses. It's all good to have the faith, have the hope, and let love abide. Because like in verse 3, is the verse that people love to use. So now faith, hope, and love abide. The, these three, they all have to work together. But the greatest is love. Showing unconditional love is a hard part to do, in my opinion, for many Christians, especially Christians. Because we forget what that really means. And the other thing I wanted to point out is that we need to stop pointing fingers at, at other people and blaming them for everything. It doesn't mean we don't have to excuse what they have done. And it does not mean they don't have a bad influence in their life. Because trust me, there is spiritual entities that do get involved in people's lives and they do, and if people are more acceptable to not walking in godliness, they will choose to make those mistakes. And it's still under them for the consequences that they have done. And it does mean that people will not trust them. And it does mean that people will see them as basically wolves and they will see them as false teachers. They will see them as people who are creating divisive issues on purpose because it's still your action, still your choice. But the one thing we got to not forget, and it's, it's the verse for a uh, warrior within is Ephesians 6, 12 through 13, mainly. Um, it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand 
in the evil day and having done all stand firm. Healing begins when you recognize that the enemy is the spiritual enemy, enemy around us. A change needs to be seen in people who are sorry for what they've done. But it also needs to be seen in people who haven't seen that they've done something wrong. They need to recognize that. Because they will be used as a tool. You know, sometimes divisiveness within a church within a community or a group, whatever it may be, comes from different parts. It could come from the leadership. It can come from a member. It can come from a former leader. It can come from someone who's a new Christian. It can come from someone who was once a pastor at another church and comes into yours and tries to take your church away from you. All of that is possible. But you need to be super careful Because if you start going after them and not defending the whole church with, you know, prayer. I mean, that's the one thing I people start saying, I can't figure things out. I can't stop. The one thing they keep forgetting is that they need to stop and pray. They need to pray for the conversations. They need to pray for when they confront someone. They need to, need to pray to make sure that the church is not being attacked by demonic forces trying to break them up because that's the one thing I've always noticed when good things are about to happen the enemy tries to break it before it can happen because they can see the pieces coming together and sometimes they will use people to try to break that especially if there's insecurities or fear or frustration in someone those are the best targets to go for because they put down their armor of God and they have opened up themselves to influence. So they start whispering in their ear, oh, if, if, if you allow someone to do that, it's going to cause issue within your church. Oh, oh, you know, this pastor, he's teaching too much truth, not, not enough uh, uh, good stuff, you know, making you feel good. Because remember, one of the things at the end of times is that people are going to like being itchy eared. In other words, they want to hear what they want to hear because it makes them feel good. And we've been seeing a lot of that. Now, there's a lot of pastors today, and, and yes, I'm saying pastors because it is people who are choosing to speak like this. A lot of pastors who are teaching some stuff that is not biblical to make people feel good, to get more people. Because like I said, just because we are fighting against spiritual forces does not mean people don't want certain things don't believe certain things because we still are battling the flesh versus the the spirit so even a pastor can fall a pastor can make a mistake a pastor could step down but still have a voice within the church that's why in some cases i have seen pastors who, when they are done at a church and they're going to be moving forward to something else they actually don't stay in the church because they want to make sure the person who's taking their place is respected in that position. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I can understand that. It doesn't always have to be. But I've seen a lot of pastors do it. And it's not, it's not because they, they, they want, it doesn't mean they want to leave. It doesn't mean that they see that they must leave. It, because they want to be part of the church because they love the community. But they also don't want the pastor who's who's basically replacing them to not be respected for where they're at. 
know, this is a this is an opportunity for people to step up. And the idea is like if I was a pastor and I was if I was stepping down from my church, you know, I'm at that time where I, I know I need to step down and let someone else lead, I actually wouldn't mind staying with the church. But I'd also want to make sure that people all around me that are part of that church recognize that this new pastor is the senior pastor of the church. So it's his decision, not mine anymore. Doesn't mean I can't be a pastor and help and, and counsel because I love to counsel people. So my hope is that if I can't be a part of my church family, even after I step down, that I could still be part of it in another way. But if I have to, if I feel like I have to leave so that people will stay connected to the church and the fellowship and the body of Christ that's there, then I would be willing to do it. And that, that includes in any type of situation, whatever group, and I, and I mean at home, you can't really do that. You can't step away from being a dad or step away from being a mom, but you have to learn when you need to step away from a situation to allow it to cool down too. That's also to me very important. Now, even if I, if I would have to actually leave for like six months before I could come back or a year before I can come back. So that way that pastor can get established I can come back and be a counselor and, and work for the church and do what I need to do after the point. Because the idea is you always got to make sure that you always hand the mantle to the next person correctly because you don't want them to feel that you're still trying to lead and control things when you've stepped away. But overall, at the end of all this, how are we treating one another? How are we loving one another? How are we being patient with one another? How are we listening to one another? A lot of times with arguments or in leadership, the biggest problem is not listening. But listening also does not mean accepting everything of your of the person's opinion as a, something that we will be doing or having to choose from, but it is an opportunity for us to listen. I think the key thing a lot of times with a lot of these arguments is that people aren't listening to each other or are already accusing of that, accusing another person of being something when they're not trying to be that. And so listening gets thrown out the door and all we get is a lot of anger, frustration and people leaving and quitting or walking away or feeling like they don't matter anymore. And, and you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be that way. You doesn't have to be that cause. We can be more respectful to one another and cherish one another if we do it in a healthy manner. So that even if there is change for the future, we are prepared for that change. Because we understand it's all about being part of the body of Christ. It's not about where we're at. It's not about how we feel in the moment. Because the truth doesn't change. The absolute truth of scripture will never change, but people's opinions will always be different. People's outlooks will always be different. People's answers will always be different. I hope this makes sense to you guys. I hope this is just a part of, from my heart. Um, just things I've learned in this past couple weeks that have really stood out to me and have really been an impact to me. 
And I hope that if you are seeing type of divisiveness in your church or in your groups that you're a part of, or even in your home, that you can put yourself in a position to help people instead of causing more issues within it. Because learning how to love one another is a big deal. And it's one of the major parts of being part of the church, especially. And being part of the church of the, or the body of Christ, especially. Don't forget that. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I ask that you bless it. I ask that it would be a light and an encouragement to people that are listening. That they will recognize that there is divisiveness among the sheep. And we need to be aware of it. And we need to nip it at the bud if we can. And be... Uh, people that are encouraging people to love one another, not go after each other. Lord, I pray this will impact people's hearts and minds, that things will be different in their situations, whether it's at home, whether it's in their community, whether it's in their church, or whatever group they may be part of. You know, it's this is more emphasized towards Christian community groups. So like anything from nonprofit groups that are Christian to churches to online groups, whatever it may be. I pray that this will be an opportunity that they can see that, man, I got to watch how I treat my brother and sister in Christ. Even if I don't know them personally, help me to be more loving towards them. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. You guys have a blessed day.